Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Hello, Flyover family. I am so excited about today's show. You know, here in the Flyover Conservatives, we examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. We look at what's going on in the military, what's going on with election integrity, what's going on in the financial market, what's going on in the natural. But the most important thing is what is God saying? Because that is above all things. When God looks up, there is nothing above him. God's not chewing his nails right now. He hasn't fallen off the throne. He knows exactly what is happening. And I love in the Bible how it talks about fivefold ministries. You have apostles, you have pastors, you have teachers, you have evangelists, and you have prophets. And the prophets are really speaking. It wasn't just in the Old Testament. They are here today, and they are speaking the Word of God. And today, we have the honor from Church International and 11th Hour to have Robin D. Bullock. Shalom. Shalom. So excited to have you with us today, Robin. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Anytime you guys, I can be on with y'all, man. I'm, I like it. I'm, I'm good with that. Thank you. Uh, we've, been, we've been so, so excited about this. And partly what makes it so exciting, it's not like bringing on someone and you know you're going to break down this one idea of a medical issue. We're kind of open. We had this date blocked out. You blocked it out and like things have come together for it. And there's this openness. So what what is God saying right now? Mm-hmm. And and then you you do this unique thing of understanding what's happening in the natural, not in not in denying it. Like there's nothing happening, but you you run it through this prophetic filter that that puts God in an authoritative position over it. That's so needed right now. I'm mm-hmm. so glad that that God created you. He put you. In, in this place in the oh. timeline, because uh, I tell you, since the beginning of when did we start tuning in? Uh, 2020 at the end in November of 2020. Man, it, it just became in November, December. It became mm-hmm. like, 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 a, you know, the, the snorkel for somebody underwater, you know, because more than anything, the world got so loud and we needed the voice of God to, to just, mm-hmm. to just quiet it. And mm-hmm. that's what you, you bring. And there's a piece that comes from that, that, uh, man, it's, just, it's been critical in this window. Well, that's very humbling, guys. Thank you so much. But only God can do what he does. Nobody, you know, men are men, but God is God. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as we're with him, then we have access to his knowledge and what he knows. And then you're not going to get that access outside this book. Mm. You can forget that. The Bible is the foundation. This is the, the written word of God. It's not part of God's knowledge. It's not some of what God knows. It's God in written form. And until somebody gets hold of that, you'll never go where he wants you to be. You know, God is not afraid to walk in who he is. When Jesus comes out in the, in the book of Revelation to the apostle John, he comes out, he's wearing many crowns, not one crown, many crowns. He's got a gold belt a foot thick around his waist when he walks out. And his eyes are blazing fire and his hair is white as wool with shining with the glory. And he, I mean, the glory in him emanating. So mm-hmm. it's in throughout his hollow hair follicles, lighting his whole hair up. And he's not ashamed of that. He didn't, he won't listen to you when you say sell so many of those crowns and give them to the poor. He won't, he won't do anything like that. And he's not ashamed to walk in who he is only his people are. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what we have to correct. We have to figure out that he's the head, but we are the body. We are supposed to walk in the position he gives us. And he's not going to, things are not going to happen in this earth that he won't tell his prophets about. That's just, it's the way it works. Uh, a prophet is one of the fivefold ministry that is a, a unique servant of God, not of anything else. He rises or falls to him. And um, so he was not going to do anything without letting us know. And so we have to be bold enough to speak that. And so that's what I endeavor to do constantly. Mm. It's so important. And I hear you talk a lot about um, authority of the body of Christ right now, Mm -hmm. the ecclesia. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we are playing a part in what's going on Mm -hmm. right now in the earth. And what does that look like, Robin, to take up authority as the body of Christ? You know, obviously Jesus, um, you know, he died on a cross. He went to hell, stripped Satan of all authority, came back, and then handed us those keys Mm. and said, you're going to do greater things than I did. And then he goes and he's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. So he says we're going to do greater things. What does that look like, and how do we we step into that? Well, you're never going to go anywhere you won't talk about. You'll, you'll never, your, your life will never go what you won't speak about. You have to speak about it and you'll follow that conversation. And you need to go through the New Testament, underline every phrase that says in Christ, in him, in whom, and say, when you look at it, that's me. That's who I am. I'm in him. I'm in whom. I'm in Christ. And then start talking about, I can do that. That's my place right there. And start saying that. That's your first step. If you're not willing to do that, you know, this I'm just an old sinner saved by grace mess is not going to get you anywhere. Uh, You're either an old sinner or you got saved by grace. You can't be both. And so uh, we've never been as the body willing to walk in what uh, what he made us to be. But he is. He'll walk in his position. If Joseph hadn't have rose to his position when Pharaoh gave it to him, Jacob could have very well died. And so could Mm. all of his brothers. But Joseph didn't come to the position as Zephaneth Paneah. He called him the Savior. Mm -hmm. Zephaneth Paneah, the Savior. He didn't come to that position and say, oh, I'm just an old prisoner that Pharaoh gave me a, a necklace and a ring. Don't look at me as anything special. Jacob could have died. Joseph stepped into that role and immediately started arranging things. And that's what the body of Christ should be doing right now. You do realize that that we are denying the only power that is over all governments, all government officials. Everything is subject to to God. Everything is subject and religion is the highest form of authority in the earth. Not politics. Mm. They know this. The church don't know it. Is that mm. why mm. on Sunday you feel like that maybe the Lord was speaking uh, to you or through you about tomorrow versus the past where, you know, if somebody's living in the past, hey, I'm a sinner, I did all of these things versus mm. what does tomorrow look like? Is that where our authority mm. lies is in the presence and in tomorrow? Absolutely. If Joseph had have lived in the prison, would he have ever been any good to Jacob in the palace? 
There's no way. He, he never mentions that. Have you ever noticed that? Joseph glaringly don't talk about the prison. He just don't talk about it. The only time it's really mentioned is when his brothers come around, how they sold him. But he just left it. When he left it, he walked out of it. And he said, I am now Zephaneth Paneah. I am the highest ruler in Egypt, and I must prepare to preserve life. And if the body of Christ don't step into their role as the body of Christ, how can the salt preserve the earth if we won't even walk into our position? We have to be in this role of authority. And uh, regardless of what people think, I don't care what they think. I really don't. It don't much matter to me. Uh, It don't change the facts that God is God. Jesus is the only Savior, and he has a body in the earth, and the body's got to act like they belong here. Like they are his body or how are you going to do the greater works? How are we ever even going to do the works, mm-hmm. much less the greater works? And there's a, there's a supernatural yeah, sure. intervention there as well, because Joseph wasn't chosen because he, he met some DEI quota. He wasn't chosen mm-hmm. because, wow, he's the best looking. He wasn't chosen. It was a supernatural intervention with a dream it, that couldn't have taken him from a lower place. He couldn't have gone lower and he couldn't have gone higher, right. but he was coming into agreement with, with something happening supernaturally because of the dream you know interpretation. What, you know what he prophesied? Tomorrow. He was talking about tomorrow. He wasn't talking about the present situation. He said, tomorrow, three days, this will happen. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He was willing and bold enough to talk about prophecy of tomorrow. That's what he was willing to do. And when he did, then that gift that God had placed in him as a prophet, absolutely allowed him to walk into that position. And it shaped his whole tomorrow. It shaped his whole future and the future of Israel. Israel would have very well been wiped out if it hadn't have been for mm. Joseph's prophetic gift and his willingness to speak it. Do you realize what kind of boldness it must have taken for him to stand in front of the king of the world, Pharaoh, and look at him and say, um, this means seven years of plenty. And then your people's going to die after that. There's going to be seven years of famine. And then he said, and I mean, that took some boldness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see prophets, and this is where we probably should jump off on this. Prophets. This is the role that people don't get in a prophetic world. And I'm not talking about every, to see everybody's prophetic. That's born again. There's an anointing of the prophetic in you. You are a prophet, priest, and king of your own life. And so you can prophesy your own tomorrows because you could speak the word and prophesy your future. Mm. And the word will come to pass. Uh, Hold fast your confession of faith. And the Holy Ghost will show you things to come. So you have a prophetic anointing in you. But a prophet's mantle is something else. When, when governments can go no higher or people can't get any higher than the ruler they're under, then they appeal to a higher place. And the only place to go higher than a world ruler is heaven. And that's why George Washington and all, we had the flag, we appeal to heaven. Mm-hmm. Because you couldn't get beyond King George. So we had to appeal to heaven. When, he, when we did, something called the Black Coat Regiment rose up on the scene. 
and preachers began to prophesy from the podium, begin to preach. And the Declaration of Independence was, of course, was written from sermons that was preached 150 years before right. they ever penned it. And so, and, and see, prophets, when prophets are spotlighted in the earth, when that happens, then kings have gone rogue to a place that the people can't get beyond them. And so prophets bring the anointing of the court of heaven. God sends the court of Jehovah into the earth and he'll, and he has to send an officer of that court with it in order to say, thus saith the Lord. There's a decree from the court. Lord is God in his system of government. Jehovah is God in his system Mm -hmm. of government. So prophets come on the scene. They never say, thus saith God. Very rare. They never say, uh, thus saith the Holy Ghost. They do, but very rare. It's usually, thus saith Jehovah. There's a pronouncement from the court of heaven. So prophets come in on the scene, and they bring the court of heaven into the earth, and they're here to try kings. Now, prophets, when that happens, usually become the brunt of things. And there are people that are anointed. Uh, Okay, I'm trying to say this right. It's like Trump. Okay, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not the one on trial. People may think he is. And people may think, but the trial of righteousness has begun. It began months and months ago. And however they treat him, they're being tried, not him. Hmm. Heaven's trying them, and they'll pronounce their own verdict. Now, listen to what I just said to you. They will give their own verdict for their own trial, not his. God can handle Trump, but these people are going to pronounce their own judgment. It's, it's just like, and now you see today in the highest court, in the Supreme Court, now they're being tried. The Supreme Court's on trial today. And however they judge determines their position. Mm. Mm. But it looks like people like Trump's the brunt of it. It's persecution because of the trial that's happening, if that makes sense to you. Um, I'm trying to say it right. It's like this in um, in Second Samuel 12. Is it? Let me look. Second Samuel 12. When Nathan came into the court of David. Yeah. David was the highest authority in the whole world. Really, nobody dared oppose David. The Greeks called David. They had a name for him. Davidu is what they called it. They were as scared of him as if he was a bear turned loose in their kitchen, man. I mean, David was absolutely, he was anybody who could run through a whole troop by himself and jump over a wall by himself. He carried Goliath's sword with him. Goliath's sword was as tall as he was. And he carried that thing around that was supposed to have been made out of a meteorite that fell from the heavens. That's why David said, there's nothing like it. There's not any other like it. And he carried it. And that's what scared Saul so bad. 
was when he found out that the priest had gave David that sword. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so David, uh, nobody would oppose him. Well, when David, at the time kings go to war, David didn't go to war. He stayed home and he should have went to war. That's the time kings go. They would go to war in the fall and in the spring. Any other time it was too cold or too hot. So all wars took place during that time. So if you went to war at another time, at an odd time, it was a surprise to everybody. So David stayed home and he was up on his roof one day and he happened to look down and here's Bathsheba. Uh, one of his mighty men, Uriah, her, his wife and his mighty men's around him. They live around him. So he looks down and she's taking a bath. And you know the story. He didn't walk off the roof. He should have went back in. He shouldn't have even been there. He should have been at war. Right. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't. His presence at war would have changed everything. People were scared of him. And so, I mean, he made his claim to fame. I mean, his first step into popularity was killing a giant 13 feet tall as a boy with a rock. Mm -hmm. Well, that puts you in that puts you pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, went, that went viral. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it did. And it would have been shown over and over and over. Yeah. Only, yep. the liberal news, only the liberal news wouldn't have shown that. <laughs> you know. True. Like, said, that is, David failed to use his sword against Goliath. Yeah, that would have been there. <laughs> yeah, that's what it would have been. Yeah. That's what it would have been. <laughs> and uh, allegedly, he threw a rock. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but we are have well, anyway. So here, here he is. So he's famous. So now he decides he wants one of his mighty men's wives. So now how is this going to work? Mm -hmm. And the old teachings from some of the old rabbis say that Bathsheba was actually promised to David to be his wife before. Mm. She, and he gave her to Uriah in a political move of some kind. And they try, they say that, I don't know how true that is, but that's what they say. But anyway, he takes Uriah's wife. She gets pregnant. You know the story. He calls for Uriah in off the battlefield. He tries to get him to go home with his wife so mm -hmm. that she would believe that's everybody would believe. And he would believe that's his child. And he does this over and over, but Uriah is too honorable. He will not go home. Mm -hmm. And so David sees no other alternative, but he signs a death warrant mm -hmm. and he seals it with his signet and Uriah proved he wouldn't open it because he is too honorable. He goes back, hands it to Joab and Joab probably opened it, looked at it and Uriah is standing there with a smile on his face and Joab has to force a smile on his face mm. and he handed him his own death warrant. So when he dies, David says, I'll move Bathsheba in with me. Here she comes. She's in the palace. Now the child is going to be born. Everything's honky-dory. Everything's good. Everything's cool. Boom. Here comes Nathan. People wonder sometimes why Ahithophel turned against David. Well, Ahithophel, I think, was... Uriah's grandfather or Bathsheba's grandfather, one of the two. Okay. That's why Ahithophel, David's trusted advisor, turned on him. Now, there's been a cry made to heaven. So 
there's nobody will go to the king. He's already killed one man for even knowing it to keep the secret. So the prophet comes. Mm. But with the prophet is the court of Jehovah. And he comes in and tells the story. And David don't realize the whole weight of heaven is in his throne room right now. And God himself is there. And Nathan tells this story about this man with the sheep. Y'all know the story. But for people watching. Right. He said, there's a man in your kingdom. He has one little ewe lamb. He treats it like a daughter. It eats at the table with him. All this. There's a rich man in your kingdom. Got many flocks and herds. The rich man had a guest, and instead of butchering one of his sheep, he took the one poor man's sheep. David was furious. He got up. He said, who is the man? He said, he's got to die. He'll have to pay back fourfold, this and that. Who is the man? And the court of heaven, after David passed down the judgment, said, thou art the man. And he said, thou art the man. That was an officer of the court with the full weight of Jehovah's court behind him, pointed his finger at the king. He took his life in his own hands at that point. Mm-hmm. Think about it. They're in courageous. David breaks, starts repenting. We know he repented, but the child died because he, uh, that was a harvest for a seed sown. Mm-hmm. And so, but watch what Nathan tells him, said, the Lord gave you riches. He gave you this. He gave you all these things. He gave you wives. He gave you, he would have given you more. All you had to do was ask for it. And he said, he would have given you such and such. The scripture says such and such. Wow. You ought to read that. It's really wild how he said he would have given you such and such. You have to wonder what his such and such was. I believe the such and such was he would have let you build the temple mm. if you hadn't wow. have done this. Wow. You could have done it. And he, David, he wept and he cried moreover because probably he wasn't going to get to build that temple. And he said, he said, uh, you know, he passed his own judgment. Well, the prophets are in the earth right now. And God is trying governments. He's trying them. And the, and the other day, Fox News brings a witch yeah. on their mm-hmm. program. They didn't consult a prophet. They consulted a witch, a tarot card, cauldron-stirring witch. Mm-hmm. Sat there in front of Jesse Waters and threw out her tarot cards and began to, they consulted a witch that was, people say, oh, that was a joke. It was no joke. That was a cauldron stirring witch. And what you just saw was a biblical narrative that nobody could get away from. And if everybody thought I was crazy when I gave that prophecy, that we're in the time of two kings and that Biden is the second half of Saul's kingdom. Obama was the first half of Saul's kingdom when Saul had a mind Biden is the second half when he don't have one. Mm-hmm. When Obama's uh, presidential seal fell off of his podium in 2010, he lost his anointing as king right there. Mm-hmm. That was over for him. 
It was over, just like Saul. As soon as that happened, then remember David, Trump was anointed to be king. Mm -hmm. Trump became anointed to be king. And that was the scenario the whole time. So here comes Obama. There's the clip right there. In, yeah, he looked in front of his podium and he said, did my, uh, uh, he said, oh, well, you know who I am. Ooh. That's what he said. But it shook him. You watch that clip. It shook him. It shook him up. He said, don't you know somebody backstage is sweating bullets right now? Saul, it was ripped from him that day. That day he lost his kingdom. That day. And so now the second half of, of his kingdom had to come into play. God says in Proverbs, what has Ecclesiastes, what has been will be again, and God requires that which is past. These are parallels, and people are hung in a biblical narrative, like it or not. That's the way it works. And these are wicked people, or they wouldn't fall into that parallel. They would fall into a better one. Wow. So, so you're, when, are you saying then with the, the I just want to make sure I'm, I'm looking at this parallel correctly. You're saying then with the whole thing we're seeing with the witchcraft coming out now, because the WEF in Davos, World Economic Forum, had a shaman witch there as well sure that did, did incantation, right. incantations. And she um, was actually, you know, blowing on all of these different people that were head of the, you know, uh, the World Bank and the director of the International Monetary Fund, the CEO Why of billionaires and world leaders. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're doing it. Is this kind of like Definitely what, a COVID violation for sure. Yeah. Is this kind of what was happening where um, Saul went to the witch to find yes. out? Okay, so that's yes. the parallel that we're talking about right now. Okay, and what happened was that came about in Saul's second half when the anointing had left him went to David, but David was running around out here and had the anointing and the kingdom was transferred to him that day. Woo. That day, that day, the kingdom went to David. The Bible, does, see, uh, see these movies try to show it and they try to explain it. Like when Samuel said, today, your kingdom has been taken from you. Remember he said that in the scripture, he yep. said, today it's been taken from you and given to a neighbor better than you. Okay, he, they try to say uh, he anointed David that he would eventually be king after Saul left. That's not what the prophet said. He said, today your kingdom has been taken from you. When? Today. And given to a neighbor who's better than you. Saul lost his kingdom that day. And then he prophesied something further. He said he saw uh, Samuel turn to walk off. And Saul grabbed his robe, his mantle, and tore it. And Samuel whirled around and looked at him and said, now it has been rent from you. In other words, you lost the kingdom today, and by force it's going to be taken from your hand. And so he went, he left. Well, that day it was given to David as a, as a kid. Just a youth, David had the kingdom of Israel, but no anointing to be the king. So the kingdom had been transferred, but the anointing hasn't. So the Holy Ghost stayed there with Saul until Samuel could pour the oil. And the scripture said the day Samuel poured the oil, the spirit of God left Saul and went right to David. 
So who was carrying the anointing for the king? The prophet. Mm -hmm. The prophet had the anointing. There you had a king who didn't have a kingdom. Didn't have a kingdom, but was sitting on the throne. And the king who had the kingdom didn't have a throne. And they were in the earth at the same time. Hmm. This parallel played out when, when Biden became president, which is a bogus presidency. And you know it well mm -hmm. as I do. Yep. He didn't win the election. Everybody knows. Anybody with sawdust in their head would know that. <laughs> so what happened was, I mean, honest, honestly, guys, you just don't take somebody who runs their campaign in a basement wearing a mask, who can't draw 300 people to a parking lot with celebrities to help him. And he defeats a man who can draw 15 to 25,000 people a rally five times a day. And you tell me that other guy mm -hmm. beat him? Well, it don't take a profit to figure that out. <laughs> right. <laughs> that true. takes a good old country boy with horse sense. Yep. So, so what happened was, but I'm talking to you about something prophetic now. So David went on the run. And there was an element of the parallel of Absalom that took place mm. at the same time. And it put David on the run, who has been anointed to be king this whole time. That's why he still draws the massive crowds. Mm-hmm. Well, Saul over here in the second half of Saul's kingdom has lost his mind. Now watch what happens in the story of Saul. When he lost his mind, Saul and his son got in trouble. Jonathan, they got in trouble. Saul goes to a witch and inquires of the witch of Endor. And he had already been, it's been decreed that if you go to a witch, you die. So he goes to a witch and he says, conjure me up who I want. She said, who? I want you to bring up the prophet Samuel. All of a sudden, the witch says, I see an old man with a, a, a robe or a tallit or whatever. She, Saul never saw him. Saul perceived it was Samuel. So a lion witch is just giving him what he wants to hear. Yeah. But through the witch, she tells him that Samuel says, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. In other words, she said, and she said, I see gods coming up out of the ground. And she said, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. In other words, you'll be dead this time tomorrow. Saul goes back home. He eats a meal, goes back now. When he does, he finds out that there is a war shaped up all at once on his border. Saul had neglected his borders, chasing David. So all of a sudden, there's a war shaped up on his borders. So he goes to the, uh, him and Jonathan go to war. And both of them are killed in that war. Now watch what's happened. Now you already see where David is being chased around the mountain. He has the anointing. He has the kingdom. 
the one who don't have the anointing or the kingdom is still sitting on a throne, chasing him constantly. Suddenly, a witch appears on Fox News. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A real witch appears on Fox News. Right about that same time, right before that happened, or somewhere in the same time, suddenly somebody, uh, uh, something happens with a bombing and Jordan and all of that, and Biden is thrown into a decision, we have to retaliate. At the same time, they're talking about barbecuing Hunter Biden, his son. Mm-hmm. All of this is paralleled. Every bit of it's paralleled. And to show you you're on the signpost of a prophetic road, there's the witch of Endor right there. And the Fox News, the jackal network, Mm -hmm. the one who turned on Trump first before any of the others did. Yep. Yep. They had her on, had her on. You cut, you consulted a witch in this biblical narrative. It's interesting. There's Jesse Waters too, who filled Tucker Carlson's old time slot, because I don't think that that interview would have happened under the old lineup. No, not with Tucker, not with Tucker. Mm -mm. And so they, they rearranged those, those chairs. I want to make another comment too, on what you're saying, because a lot of people look at this in the natural and they would hear you say, okay, well, there's an anointing on, on, you know, on Trump. Well, like the anointing was on David, he was having victories. Everything he touched went well, but he's still running. For, but he's still running for his life from the powers in the natural, mm-hmm. from the government, from mm-hmm. the government. So he's running for, for his life, but he has the anointing, and that's like Trump. You know, yeah. every single every, everything. It, it's just it's interesting. Everything just rolls off of him. Nothing, nothing sticking, okay. and, and it's like it's like a very strong parallel mm-hmm. because in the natural, oh, you say well, it doesn't doesn't look like much of anointing on him. Everything, everybody's going but against nothing him. Nothing is sticking, but they it's can't like get him. God's for him, but the powers and that be every are not. time he holds a rally right now, the nation still turns to him to see yep. what he's going to say. Yep. Okay, watch this. People say, well, why didn't he? Why didn't he just come on back? See, our election cycles run in four years. Trump was anointed for eight years. He was anointed for two terms. Uh, even and and Kim was the first one. Uh, Clement was the first one to really that we knew of it prophesied Trump, mm-hmm. and he prophesied two terms. He was anointed for eight years, and I think it was it might have been. Well, I don't want to say something for somebody else, but he anoint, he was anointed for eight years. That's why he's still president. Heaven recognizes him as the president. Now, why didn't he just come back? Well, why didn't David come back after Saul was chasing him? David could have come back twice. Mm -hmm. He could have came to the throne early. Saul went in a cave. Saul laid down and went to sleep. Now watch this. You've got Abner. You've got Abner, who was the greatest of all warriors in Israel. And he's slaying right beside Saul. Saul's uh, praetorium guard is all around him. And man, people don't realize what Kim Clement prophesied and how he anointed presidents. They just don't have a clue about Mm -hmm. that and how he told them they were done too. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just have, you have to listen prophetically. Well, I'm here to tell you this. And he prophesied the time of two presidents. Yep. There'd be two presidents. 
Well, this is that time he's talking about. This is the time of two kings. Well, David went into, snuck into the cave with Saul and all of his men around him, and they don't wake up. They don't wake up. And him and one of his men go over the top of Saul, and they're talking, and they still don't wake up because the scripture said there was a sleep from the Lord, all capitals, Lord, from God's government. There is a, there's a precedent, the court is being held. And he walked over and they're discussing. And one of his men said, let me take my spear and stick him to the ground. Said, I won't have to hit him, but one time I'll stick him right here to the ground. Watch this. He said, and they said this guys, Here's a little known prophecy that people don't really talk about. They said, the Lord told you he'd be delivered into your hands. Here's the time of it. Well, we can't find that prophecy, but it was a prophecy. And one of his men knew it and said, this is the time of it. Let me pin him to the ground. And David stopped him. Now they're having this conversation over the sleeping king. Wow. And he said, and they could have killed him. They could have killed David right there if they'd have woke up. But they couldn't touch him. And he said, no, I'm not going to kill him. Take his, his water jug and his spear, and we'll just sneak out. So he takes the clanky water jug and the spear that's sticking by the head of Saul and steps over the people and goes out and gets up on the hill and screams back down at Saul said, Abner, Abner, you ought to die because you were, you're the king's guard and you didn't even know I came this close to killing him right tonight. Well, he lets him go. That's one time he could have killed Saul and went to the throne early. The next time came, the prophecy still delivering Saul into his hands. Saul goes in to use a bathroom. David cuts his robe off while he's in there and he don't see him Hmm. or hear him. When he leaves, David says, I came this close to you and holds up his robe. Saul grabs his robe and looks at it. Oh my goodness. What is happening here? So he could have came back twice Mm -hmm. and David said, no, watch what he said. No, no, Let the Lord take him if the Lord wants him. Said he'll die in battle or something. And so when he did, that left. He never came back into his hands again. And Saul ended up in a skirmish in the Mideast after he consulted a witch in the second half where he lost his mind. And after that, he left office. And David became king again. Now, David was anointed. Trump was anointed to be king twice. But when this four years runs out, he had to be anointed again. Because his, our cycles mm-hmm. only run in four years. So if, he wa- if he's not anointed again, if he wasn't anointed again, When the election comes up, that anointing will leave him. And he has to be anointed for the next term. 
because he's already spent his two terms. He's been president this whole time. Mm -hmm. Heaven recognizes him as president. And so he had to be anointed again. And uh, so he was. So now the only thing that can keep Trump from being president is Trump. And he'd have to quit to do it. He'd just have to quit to do it. And that's huge because even with those, um, the witch being on there and her saying that Trump would not have, uh, would not have another term, you actually threw those words to the ground. You said, no, as a prophet, you stood there like, no, I'm casting these to the ground in Jesus name. You took authority over it. And you had a good That's point because exactly. we because we had this clip that we could play it. People could see that. Like, we don't want no. these words out again. Just an image is enough so people recognize it. Mm-hmm. But that was really good. I think it's important uh, that, that people actually understand, like, what is going on right now spiritually, even with um, <sighs> this whole this whole witchcraft thing is interesting. Um, Barry Wunsch, actually, the Lord had said through him on January the 19th, the witchcraft and manipulation used by these elite demonized pawns is being exposed, mm-hmm. which we're seeing it more and more. Yeah. And he pointed to Micah 5.12, which was, I will destroy your witchcraft and you will no longer cast spells. But we're seeing this more and more this year, more and more we're seeing it come up, like with Taylor Swift. Self-identified. Yeah, like she, like she did put she, out a text. She put out a tw- she put out a tweet. Or a tweet, I mean, I'm she sorry. She put out a tweet. Uh, I don't know what they call it. Now, is it called, she, put, she put out an X. Or I don't know what you it call is. it. Yep. But she put out a tweet on X. Mm-hmm. Uh, um we had it on our, on our show the other night where where she's like a self-proclaimed witch and she's yeah. performing witchcraft ceremonies in her concert. Well, and this isn't I don't want people to get twisted on, well, you're beating up on her and you don't like her being on stealing attention on TV and all this stuff. Diane Warren uh Pocahontas was was on a late night show and and she she came out and said and they they've referenced this several times, "Hey, she's going to swing the vote in our favor." For the for the Biden for, for, for the Biden administration. I mean, she's she's proclaiming that with her mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm aligned with with Taylor Swift because that's what she, she's saying. That's what Diane Warren is saying. And, okay. and 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 Taylor Swift has had this long career that was not aligned with witchcraft. There's the tweet there. Colton, can you read it? It's too far for. Uh, yep. Witches be like. Stage. Sometimes I just want to listen to music while pining away, sulking, staring out a window. It's me. I'm witches. Never fear. The Willow Lonely Witch Remix is here. See that, for up and window. so she came into alignment with witchcraft, <laughs> self-proclaimed witch, and then began performing ceremonies with people in circles and 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 shamans. Came out with a music video uh, where where she's wearing a, a bale like mask and taking it off, and 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 mm-hmm. I mean very demonic uh, symbology in her music that was never there before. So all of these <clears throat> things came into fruition yeah. at the same time, and even even having. Uh, like demonic encounters at concerts where, right. Hey, my piano's playing itself. And you know, these kind of things. So this, this summoning of demonic forces through, through witchcraft mm-hmm. is, is something that they're leaning into and that they're counting on for victory. It's not just, well, this and, is happening in an isolated silo. <clears throat> when you got heads yeah. of the democratic party saying, Hey, we're counting on that swinging the vote in our favor. So they're, mm-hmm. these aren't happening apart from each other. They're happening in conjunction. Exactly right. It's exactly right. And see what what you're what you're looking at. Remember when Saul went to the witch of Endor. Now, the witch of Endor would have been the most powerful witch of his day. <clears throat> or the king wouldn't have went to her. Mm-hmm. 
Remember, she spoke and aligned herself with prophets. She spoke for Samuel. She said, I see Samuel. And she was supposed to have channeled Samuel. If you'll notice, like you showed that one witch blowing on people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, if you remember the real anointing when Benny Hinn would blow Mm -hmm. and people would fall. Well, that was the real anointing. But now this is a counterfeit aligning themselves with prophets. Mm -hmm. You know, there was one witch not long ago came on. uh, I forget now where it was, but had a staff in her hand, made a prophet staff. Hmm. And it was made out of something. And so they're aligning themselves with prophetic things and they're trying to counterfeit the prophets. Mm -hmm. And so if this is not so, and we're, and I'm so wild out in what I'm talking about, then tell me something. Why did Hillary Clinton, why did Hillary Clinton uh, hold a seance in the white house and channel the spirit of Eleanor Roosevelt? Right. Yep. And bring the two of the most powerful witches in the world there. Why did did they uh, put the Arch of Baal in New York City, in Central Park, when when Hillary started running for president? Why did they take it to Washington D.C. and put it to where they looked through the Arch of Baal at the at the uh, uh, the Capitol there while Brett Kavanaugh was being confirmed? Why did they put so many? Uh, They 3D printed like a thousand of them Mm -hmm. to put around the world. Why did we, uh, why would they do this and Boris Johnson uh, dedicate one when two demonic spirits flew through the, the arch? Why would this be happening if we're so far out? Why did, um, why did they recreate the ceremony of Pan and the dedication of the Gothard tunnel? Mm -hmm. I mean, down to the letter. Why did they open the gates of hell to dedicate that tunnel? And the tunnel is not called a tunnel anywhere but here. Uh, The tunnel is actually written on a sign, a portal. It's a portal. Why did did CERN do what it did on the temple of Apollo and create a circular, uh, tubular circle underneath the ground? And why did they did they put the God Shiva outside the door of their thing? Why was a, was a human sacrifice either done or simulated on the grounds? Why did they do all of these things? Why was the God Shiva sit on the table of the WHO in 2017 when they met with China over this pandemic stuff and the God Shiva that sits outside CERN was there and the god Shiva has these cobras that come out from under her, uh, her or his arms. It's a transgender-looking thing. Mm-hmm. Out from under their arms, around their neck. Mm-hmm. Why would they have that? And we find out that COVID was snake venom. And why did all of that happen? And then why does Taylor Swift put cobras on her stage mm-hmm. behind everything? Why did CBS with the symbol of the eye, why did CBS uh, air a, a prayer worship service and a satanic ritual with a binary hero who's supposed to be binary, gender binary, whatever you call them, and simulate, and they even tweeted, let's worship. Mm. 
Why is all of this coming out in the open Mm -hmm. right now? And then Fox News has a witch come on all at once. Y'all, after a while, it can't be coincidence, Mm -hmm. even in the world's eye. Somebody has to answer those questions or make it or fix what makes it look like they're doing it. Well, we went to late. I want to make a point on that. Uh, even, even you know, Obama was on the cover of, of Time magazine, you know, uh, r- replicating, mm-hmm. replicating Shiva. Um, the, the difference in what's frustrating for me, being in the church my whole life, is you'll see Christians come after a prophet, false prophet, false prophet, false prophet, but yet you see the level of faith in these, th- these self-proclaimed ruling class and elites. They... They lean into this sometimes stronger than the body of Christ. Let, let, let me tell you something, David. You're going to have what? what when do you quit? When? And I'm not talking about you, but when do people quit denying it? When you got this damned idiot standing up in front of the WEF, blowing on people, mm-hmm. trying to simulate a prophetic act. And yep. when, when, when people hear, oh, Brother Robin, you cuss. When you hear me talk like that, I mean it literal. Mm-hmm. I'm talking literal words. They need to look up the word damned. This is not a good word. And look behind her. Look who's sitting right over there. Look at the words on the screen. World Economic Forum. All this witchcraft, all this false power, all this hell that's being unleashed, they're counting on it. And look at look at idiot here leaning his head in to let a demonic filled woman blow on his forehead. He's not resisting. He's not trying to pull back. And he's the head of the international monetary fund. That's the IMF. Then it shows you everything that's happening is coming through money. Mm -hmm. It has to be backed by the only anointing Satan has. The only anointing he has left is money. You can't do anything in this earth without money, nothing. And so he robes himself in the lowest form of prosperity, money. And he has to control it so he can control the movements, actions, words, thoughts, programs of everyone in the earth. Man, that is so interesting because uh, Taylor Swift on this uh, whole thing that she's doing with this tour, it's made billions. I, I don't over, know, over, or, over two billion. Yeah, so that's what you, it's about. It's all about that. And you also, oh, you know, David and I, David pointed this out to me the other day, you know, with her piano and it's supposedly played by itself. Well, they're mimicking what God did through you. There was two occasions that I know of where your yeah. your guitar just started playing or the, the music just started coming out. That's right. It you did. know. And it's just mimicking, sure again, mimicking well, what... Well, because both entities are dealing with the unseen realms. Yes, what That's God exactly is doing, because right. the devil can't create anything four, himself, four but he can counterfeit it. Four billion concert. Four, wow. Well, well, yeah, and look at the symbol standing on a mountain of money. Of money. See, here is the thing. See, Satan, he has no other anointing but money. He must robe himself in wealth. Uh, because it's the only powers left to him. And he would kill a million people for $5. I mean, he'd right. kill a, 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 because it's all he's got. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you this. Ephesians 3.10 declares this. It says that, that demons and principalities only know 
what they know about the manifold wisdom of God from hearing the church preach. That's how they learn about the manifold wisdom of God mm. is hearing the church preach. Mm. In other words, as soon as the church, see, they have no revelation knowledge. As soon as the church does it or says it, then they, they act on that. That's why Christians get attacked on levels they never thought they would. It's because they'll get a revelation from God and refuse to act on it. But the demon world heard it and acted on it. And so now you're being attacked where you should have walked up with mm. the revelation. Now they have a right to attack you from a higher place and they have the high ground now. Well, here, here is the thing. Uh, okay. I'm in Window Rock, Arizona. All of a sudden I, I had played guys. I had played every sound I knew. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I'm, you know, I play and I play frequencies and, and I don't play for music as much as I play for sound. I'm listening for a sound. Remember Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Mm -hmm. Now this ought to tell you why they use music entities, music people to do this stuff. Yeah. Remember Madonna did it before she did it. And there's a clip there I, in there, Arizona. Yeah, there we were in Window Rock. There was like um, 91 tribes, Native American tribes there that night. Wow. And I'm standing there. You can see me there with the mic in front of the mic. Our team, we're worshiping, we're praising, we're playing every sound we know. But I couldn't hit the frequency. I, I, I know when I hit it. And I couldn't hit it. And I just stopped. But see, what, what people don't know is there was a dragon appeared in the sky that night, uh, that day, I think it was. And it was a dragon. And people saw it that was with me. I didn't tell them what it was. I just said, do y'all see that? They said, you mean that dragon? Hmm. I said, yeah. And, and the Lord said, that's the spirit that has dominated the Native American tribes all these years. And he said, don't tell anybody about it. The last night you're there, drag it down. Well, we did. But the night, what you're talking about happened, I think was the first night. It was August 5th and 6th, I think it was. I'm standing there on the stage, and I got kind of frustrated. I said, inside me, I said, Lord, I've, I've made every sound I know. And the Lord said, good, let me play. And so right there, what you're looking at is I just step back. I just let, turn my pedals on and step back. And from that point on, it started playing. Voices came out of the sound. It would rise and fall to harmonies. And what you're looking at on stage is the astonishment of everybody. You see, Krista, yes. I mean, she's not drumming. She's no, standing back just in, just awe in awe of what God's doing. Yep. No. Nobody knew. I it, watch my face. I don't know what's going on. I just and the camera would get down on my feet to show I wasn't touching anything, and I'd put hold my hands out, you know, and I to show I'm wow. not touching my guitar. There were people in the back of the tent. There were a thousand people under that tent. There were people in the back of the tent got healed that couldn't speak English. They started wow. getting healed. They didn't know what was being said. They didn't know what <laughs> oh, was, man. they didn't know what was happening. They crawled. People crawled to the altar that night. Well, 
after that night, there were some, uh, some Christian people. Well, uh, I guess, I don't know what they're well-meaning. I don't know what they were doing, but they came out against me big and said, oh, that was fake. Every bit of that was fake. He did this. He did that. He did the other. Well, we all knew what happened, which we didn't do it. And so, and the people under the tent knew it, but they started coming out against mm-hmm. me. And then suddenly when we drugged that, that dragon down the second night, it came a monsoon for about two weeks in that desert. And it rained and it rained and it rained. There's hmm. pictures of a fire that night right there coming down out of the sky. It looks like it's touching the top of the tent. Wow. And it's in the horizon, but it looks like a pillar of fire. And the way it, it's lined up, it looks like it's hitting the tent. And so then all of a sudden, lo and behold, guys, Taylor Swift's piano plays by itself. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? Well, they learned that. Demonic powers yep. learn that listening mm-hmm. to the church. Well, blowing on people. They used to bring, uh, man, there was astounding miracles happened under Benny Hinn's ministry. And people started mocking him. But now it's amazing mm-hmm. that now they're blowing on. Well, where did that come from? Jesus breathed on his people. Said he breathed wow. on them said, receive the Holy Ghost. So what was that witch breathing on them about? Mm-hmm. They were receiving something from hell. And so all of this stuff, Christian people ought to take notice of that. They mock a prophet for doing it and, and ooh and ah over some witch for doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, people get ooh and an ah and over a, a Ouija board. Right. It's a triangle with a round circle of glass. Well, all the, all uh, occultic people will put circles on their ceilings. They'll have a little circle, not all of them, but a lot of them will put circles, cut out circles in paper and stick them on their ceilings. Hmm. They create portals for a spirit to enter. They have to have a portal. They know this. Well, uh, if you go into some Chinese restaurants, you'll see a statue of Buddha. Look in the back of it. There's a there's an open circle in the back of it hmm. for the spirit to enter. And you start looking at portals like that. What was Elijah and the prophets of Baal fighting over to see who controlled the portal? Yeah. Where the fire came. So here we are. We're involved in, in all of this that's happening. And Christian people would mock me or a prophet and praise that. When they do it, mm-hmm. well, it's the dividing line of Mount Carmel. We've drawn a line down the center. And um, they're caught up in a, in a biblical narrative. And if we don't believe these world leaders are worshiping the devil, just look at some of those things you saw. So interesting you say that, because on the Frederick Report a couple of weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. uh, out of Oasis Church, which is Tim Sheets, Dutch Sheets' brother, there mm-hmm. was a lady there by the name of Jen Tringle. I didn't, I didn't know her, but she said the World Economic Forum had a shaman witch blowing over people and speaking incantations, and we are concerned about what the world is going to think about our services. <laughs> and that Man, same, that's good. That same weekend... 
um, the Lord said through you, we are moving into a time where faith will be required and willingness to adhere. We're moving into a time that will throw hell a curve. We're moving into a time that the world will judge as absurd. What are you doing dancing? What are you doing shouting? What are you doing abstaining? What are you doing speaking in tongues? For the Lord says this time is approaching. Yes. See, everything's caught in a biblical narrative, uh, Stacy. They can't get out of it. They're in it, no matter what. Okay, mm. Tuesday, this would be probably too hard to gather up real quick, but Tuesday on the 11th hour, if you go to, to uh, in the music, start at 20 minutes and go about a minute and a half, all of a sudden something we penetrate a realm and something yells out from the spirit world. Now, I don't know. I felt like telling you that several times on the air. And I, I wish I'd have had that ready so you could have heard that. But they're talking about, you're talking about Taylor Swift's piano playing. You're mm -hmm. talking about sounds happening. Well, nobody's heard this sound. And you can tell by the look on my face and if you could have seen Krista on the drums, and it starts at about 20, you'll have to start at about 20 minutes and go to about 21, and I'll point it out to you. I don't, can y'all hear that? I'm looking at it, but I don't hear it. Colton can play it there. Yeah, play it. I, I don't hear it. Do you hear it? But if he can get the sound going, we can hear it. Just watch this. Watch this. Watch. All right, here it comes. Right here. And that was it. I mean, it went two octaves. I tried. I can't make it do that. I, I and and you can hear that last cry. It almost sounds like a a howl or a yep. wail coming out. Hmm. Well, we pierced something. We penetrated something and came out, and something from the other side sounded. And uh, you know, there's a call to the body of Christ going out. And uh, to come into their position and there's rich men howling and they're doing, we're doing battle with the other side. And uh, why would, it's not me counterfeiting Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. right? It's Taylor Swift <laughs> counterfeiting what we do, Yep. not the other way around. And so you listen to that sound several times and you, you watch what well, you hear. And, and there's multiple yep. cycles of this mm -hmm. uh, during the last two uh, campaigns for Hillary and then uh, for Biden, uh, Beyonce was the front and center 
you know, one they would use to try to draw a crowd when nobody else would come. Yeah. And, and she's famous for, she's like, when I perform, I don't even know who I am. She goes mm-hmm. to another entity. She calls herself Sasha Fierce. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I literally leave myself in the dressing room and this other that's entity a- takes over who I am when I perform. And that's who they're, they're bringing out. And they're, they're- well, that's a, de- that's a demonic name. That's mm-hmm. what that is. That's that spirit's name. Yeah, she, she, and, she, they embrace yeah. that, and that's who they align with. Well, what about Madonna back in 2015 when they thought they had opened the other side? They really thought they had done it. And, you know, the Pope came and visited Congress, mm-hmm. and everywhere the Pope came, everywhere the Madonna went, the Pope followed right, right. after mm-hmm. her, everywhere. And she, remember, she wore the horns, and she wore the, and performed the rituals. Well, they thought they had opened the the portal. They thought they had opened that pit of Revelation 9 on the Temple of Apollo. Mm-hmm. Revelation 9, it says in 9-11, you start mm-hmm. reading there. And it says that there's demons loose from that pit. When that great pit uh, portal is open, demons come up out of it, and the captain over them is Apollyon. Apollo. The Bible was telling you where it was going to happen. They thought they had it. Obama was president. They thought they had it. Everything was, Madonna was going. The Pope was happening. You had rock and roll bands talking about, there's some of it. You had rock and roll bands talking about, um, and and by the way, that tour, uh, I don't know if it's that particular, if that was from that day, was from an album called Rebel Heart. And it was, this was the byline on it, the desecration of the bride and the welcoming of fallen angels. Whoa. They they were opening it that day. They thought in 2015 it would open, but what they didn't know is there was a big gathering of prophets in Idaho on that two days before that they were supposed to have opened it and (laughs) we, and it was closed it closed down. Wow. And they came up and said, I remember a, 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 a lady prophet came up afterward and said, Brother Robin said, and there was a smoke all over the floor. It looked like a battlefield where a bomb had went off. And they said, Brother Robin, I saw a rat run into CERN. And I said, yeah, well, praise God. She said, and shut it down. Seven months later, it was headlines. A weasel ran into CERN <laughs> and shut it down, shorted out a transformer and shut it down. Wow. And what does a weasel look like? But a, a overgrown rat. rat. Sure it does. Like Harari, but yeah. And after that, Obama left office. David was anointed king. Obama left office and he gave an interview. I think it was in Peru. And he said, I don't know. I don't know. He said, Maybe we were 10 or 15 years too early yeah. mm-hmm. and nobody could figure out what he meant. Well, they thought they had opened it. Well, uh, Madonna see, they figured out they needed religious rituals to open that pit. Mm-hmm. And there was one person, I won't call their name because I don't have permission, went on a tour of CERN and said, it's fake. Said the whole thing's fake. Said you go in there and it's actors. Something else is going on down under that ground that nobody's talking about. Mm. Wow. And it's, they're trying to open the, the pit. 
That's why Shiva's out front. That's mm -hmm. why it's on the temple of Apollo. They know what they're doing. This is all a plan. Yeah. It's never stopped from the day Satan fell. And high public officials know what they're doing. And apparently so does Taylor Swift. And you have no fear uh, casting that down, and we as the body of Christ shouldn't either. That was something that you even said on at Church International on Sunday, was after yeah. you you know, threw those, threw those <laughs> curse words to the ground from the witch, you're like, I'm not scared. Yeah. I'm not scared. You know, I think people need to be aware. I think people yeah. think that maybe there's a fight between Satan and God. There is no fight. You know, Satan was a created being. You know, God threw him well, out of he heaven had, without leaving his throne. There's all those yeah. Facebook pictures of like Jesus and the devil arm wrestling. Yeah, I mean, this there is kind of no thing. fight. And Christians between... post that. They're like, this is a battle between good and evil. No, there's it's not. No, it's not. It's, uh, he has been cast down. Yeah. The scripture says he hath been cast down. Now, in the earth, he's drawing his strength from men. And the biggest part, see, he don't, he wants to be a man. That's his fondest dream to be a man. He can't be, he can never be a man. So the is in yeah. the yeah. political so ridiculous. Have you seen this on Facebook and places, this picture, That's so ridiculous. like this is a battle between good and evil and Jesus is going to win. Like, uh, I mean, he already it's won. Really <laughs> it's really something too, how they post Satan with all the muscles. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like Jesus is the thing. underdog here. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that he's is the that... line of Judah. Oh. Exactly. But you know what? He's the line of the tribe of Judah. But the scripture declares this a barking dog is better than a dead lion. Ooh. See, Satan is the barking dog. And if the church won't let the lion live and they don't have any power, the barking dog to the world is better than the dead lion. Wow. So here. Here we are. We're mm. in a battle. It, it is a battle, but it's a battle against, and witches have rose up. But remember what uh, Elijah said. There was one prophet on that mountain. One. One. Nobody even helped him rebuild the altar. He built it on his own. The prophets came to rebuild the altar. That's one reason prophets are here right now, to rebuild the altar. And to show the world that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is still alive. And he is God. And so the prophets of Baal were uh, 400 and 450 of the grove and so forth. 850 false prophets and one prophet of God. Wow. And he sat over there and mocked them. He mocked them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He would mock them. He said, uh, cry louder. He's a God. Maybe he's hard of hearing. Oh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. So they started doing it. And they started cutting themselves. But their blood is not good enough to do anything. And then he says this. Well, maybe he's in the bathroom. You need to call for him. So they scream louder. And at the end of the day, when the time for the evening sacrifice, Elijah said, that's enough. It's my turn. And he built the altar himself. He repaired the altar and he brought reconciliation to Israel. The prophets come to reconcile and to bring reconciliation. Prophets come to rebuild the altars. Prophets come to tell kings the court of Jehovah is trying you right now. The prophets come for different things. They come to stretch themselves on a generation that's dying. 
They come to tell an older generation, it's not your past. God is not punishing you for your past. They come to reconcile. They come to raise the dead. They come to bring life. They come to, to try kings, for God to try kings. They come to do all these things. And the first supernatural sign God gives, like playing through my foot pedals and my amps and guitars, the first sign of it were mocked. Mm -hmm. But Taylor Swift is oohed and awed over. The Ouija board, the, the triangle with a circle, that's a portal. And it moves around, but it has to move under the power of a man. That's very important. And it moves around a triune man opening a portal for a devil. Hmm. And those spirits start sliding up that triangle around. Well, I could walk in and pick it up and throw it across the room, but you wouldn't be impressed. There was a, a missionary woman in her 60s, which is very young to me now. <laughs> but exactly. she was in her 60s and and she was uh, challenged by a witch doctor and the witch doctor walked up on the platform, laid down and levitated six inches up off the ground. And the woman missionary just turned and started walking off the stage. And the Lord said, where are you going? She said, Lord, I can't levitate. He said, no, but you can take your foot, put it in his chest and push him back down to the floor. So she walked back up and put her foot in the witch doctor's chest and pushed him right down to the floor and stood on him. A 60-year-old woman conquered the most powerful witch doctor in the city. Wow. So it shows you that their power is nothing but flesh. It's just flesh. Flesh is the sin of is is what witchcraft is listed under in Galatians 5. So we have real supernatural power. It's within us, and it's because Christ in you, mm. the hope of glory. And so, anyway, that's the fight we're in. I, I thought I was going to talk about something else today, I, about, <laughs> about what, what all is happening in the world. But, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff. I think that's a pretty good can, recap. Can I ask you real fast about, just because it's it's really been standing out to me, I hadn't heard you say this except for today, about rich man howling. Um, does this have to do with the transference of wealth and the, the train yes. that you keep talking about, the whistle train? There's a lot of imitation going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, and but you know, Robin preaches a message about out of James 5 where it says, go to ye rich man, howl. It said, and let, well, let's take a look at that. Let's, let's get over there to that. And that'd be a good thing since you ask. Well, I think it's in James 5. It says, uh, let's see. Yeah, there it is. Yes. Okay. It says, go to now, you rich men, weep and howl for your, uh, your miseries that shall come upon you. Your elders are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. It says, your gold and your silver is cankered. The rust of them shall be a witness against you. You shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You shall he you have heaped treasure together for the last days. We're in the last days. You know that. Mm -hmm. Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept, listen to this, back by fraud. It cries 
It crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped have entered into the ears of the Lord of, the, of Sabaoth, or the Lord of the organized armies of heaven. There's two cries in the harvest. It says that the, that the listen to what it says now. There's two cries here. It says, Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by frog cries, and the cries of them which have reaped have entered into the ears of the, of the Lord of Sabaoth. He's talking about there's two cries. There's the cry of the harvest and the cry of those calling for it. Hmm. And it talks about that these cries are going forth and the rich man, uh, go back to the, to the first. Oh, you ought to hear Robin preach this. It says, go to now you rich man, weep and howl. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have reaped together treasure for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is kept, uh, which is of you kept back by fraud, they cry. And the cries of them that which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabaoth, of Sabaoth, the Lord of the organized armies of heaven. So you're talking about there's a cry in the harvest and there's a cry from you. And um, go on down, go on down. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to scroll it with my finger on my screen. <laughs> you believe that? <laughs> okay. All right. No, come, come back. Come back now. Come back. Uh, let's see where I'm at. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right there. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and have long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. You're talking about this wealth transfer that's been kept back by fraud all this time. People are crying for that to happen. And the cry, the harvest that's rightfully yours is crying for you in the field. It's crying and it wants to reconcile. And that's part of that howl we heard on the, the 11th hour. They're howling. They're calling. And there's a call from the other side calling the bride of Christ. We must take our positions. If not, Taylor Swift and people like that are going to define the supernatural in the earth. They're going to define it. And the body of Christ. See, why didn't Fox News have a prophet on their program? Yeah. Right. There's plenty of them out there. Why didn't they call a prophet? Why didn't they have a prophet on side beside with this witch? Everything is trying to be redefined. Mm -hmm. They're trying to remake God over in their own image. They're trying to do it their way. You don't put God in a cart and, and uh, pull by animal appetites like those oxen. You don't set God up in a cart and you sit above him on a seat and drive him where you want him to go. That's good. He don't like that. They had put the Ark of the Covenant on a new cart made up of boards and wheels, big boards and big wheels. They had put him into their own corporate design. And they had their animal appetites pulling God along wherever they wanted him to go. And the man wasn't lifting God above his shoulders. He was sitting in a seat above him, taking God where he wants to go. And that's what's happening. Why do you think the WEF has witches on it? The, the Red Sea Summit, they had pagans, the largest gathering of pagans and Christians. 
opening a portal on Sinai, trying to take control of a portal. Y'all, if, you, if people think they're going to s- separate the political from the spiritual, they're crazy. Because these people are not going to do it. These people know what they're doing. Well, and it's only the church that's trying to do that because the, the, the world economic forum, these people are pulling the spiritual into the political. And what, what did it, was it called David? The what economic forum? The world. world. Exactly. World. Yep. Mm-hmm. The world. They're opening, they're, they're showing you who they worship, what they're doing. They're showing you all of this stuff. You know, I'm going to throw this out there, and this is going to create a whole other program one day, but I might as well say it. You know, they call uh, Noah Harari, they refer to him a lot as the prophet people Mm -hmm. do, you know. He says, I'm not a prophet, but they sure think he is. And we know he's a homosexual by his own admittance. He's a Jewish man. He teaches in the Hebrew University on Mount Scopus directly to the north of the Temple Mount. The prophets always say every attack Israel has comes from the north. Mm. Said it comes from the north. Mm. Now, I want you to see this. In the book of Genesis, when it talks about giants, you know, that's a big subject that fascinates people. The giants. They find their remains. They find skeletons. Even Buffalo Bill talked about finding giants. The skeletal remains. They find all these things, David, Goliath, and and they get all hung up and they run and grab the book of Enoch and they think the book of Enoch, they replace the Bible with it. And they they don't look at things as historical books. They they put it equal with this. Mm. But here's the thing about the name giants. It's not, it's, they were giants. They were huge. But that has to do with the seed they were mingled with. Serpents in those days were huge. You know them as giant lizards. They were DNA doing things. Mm -hmm. But watch this. The word giant really doesn't mean size. Even though they were giants, they come from the word gigas. We call it gigantus, but they, they come from the word gigas or gigas. And it says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I got curious about that word for giants and the root word of it. I thought, I wonder. And when I got through with the study, sure enough, the word giga is the same word, giants, giga, 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 computer, gigabytes. Mm-hmm. Noah Harari, all he talks about is making cyborgs by mm-hmm. implanting chips and part computers where computers can talk and they can have people. People are not human anymore. And the word giant is Nephilim, which means earthborn. Earthborn is what it means. It was being prophesied. It's the same thing now. They just don't have to be giants. Because serpents are only about that long now. Now you think about all of that Mm -hmm. just a minute. And his Mm -hmm. name is Noah. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be again in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. 
The Bible don't miss a trick. It absolutely. And they're caught in a biblical narrative. You know, I remember when COVID hit, I gave a prophecy one day years ago. And the Lord said this. He said, you call me primitive. He's talking to the world. said, you call me primitive. He said, but you still have to wipe the fecal matter off your backside. And you call me primitive. And what became the number one currency of the shutdown? Toilet Toilet paper. paper. (laughs) Jeez. Wow. That was just a reminder to everyone. That's just a reminder. And God don't do tricks. When I said he don't miss a trick, what they try to do, what they try to say, it's all still here. And so now people say, could the Nephilim be here today? It means earthborn. And it comes from the root word giga. What do you think they're trying to do? Yeah. And they can be normal size. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Satan has to create a body he can inhabit. That's all. It's called the Antichrist. So anyway, guys, that's a. That that's huge. The cliffhanger uh, it is. Uh, okay, I just want to just go back to before we let you go. Um, just okay. She's not going to let you go, just, so you know. But just go ahead. The authority, like like yes. you like you said, um, I've heard you say several times is we have to prophesy. Like no, we have to decree. We have to declare. We have to stand on the word of God. And I remember you yeah. saying, "Declare, decree, John one one through four or John one one through 14. Yes, Jesus right. into this time of darkness. It is our job to partner with God because He gave us authority here on earth. So we yes. have to be standing up. We have to be prophesy- yes. prophesying, and we have to be walking fearless during this yes. time. We have to. Mm-hmm. We that's have our that's to. our command right now. That's right. So, did. You were talking about that church service. Do you remember all of a sudden the Lord wrote a song and I didn't even, I I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it. All of a sudden he's, he just broke this song. I ain't afraid of no witch. I ain't yep. afraid of no witch. It was a whole song. <laughs> I mean, and oh, it infuriated. It, it, it made witches. I'm sure very angry. I'm attacked a lot. You know, we got threats to burn the church down, the house down, all kinds of things. I don't know if it came after that, but it was obviously an incantation of some kind. And, uh, you know, we were, you know what you're, if you know what you're looking for, you know who sent this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the church is going to have to stand up. Fox News said one time before, I remember on the morning show with Steve Ducey and uh, Brian Kilmeade, I think, and whoever the girl was at the time, it wasn't, Angel, it was some other woman. And they were talking about witches coming against Trump. One of them laughed about it, but the woman said, uh uh-uh, uh, no, no, I'm not coming against that. I'm not coming against that. And Fox showed their fear of witches that day. And I knew something. Mm-hmm. They believed in it. Yeah. She believed in that or she wouldn't have got afraid. Yeah, they got a lot of faith. Yeah. And now they brought him back, they brought a real cauldron stirring witch back on their program. And gave them prime time. Yeah. But laugh at prophets. Mm. The church better wake up. And what we've got to do is start prophesying the word. You don't have to be a prophet to start speaking the word. 
take the word of God, find where it says and start speaking the word. Mm -hmm. Start saying light shined into darkness and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. The darkness couldn't tear it apart. The darkness couldn't hold it down and seize on it. Start talking the word. Every believer fearlessly. But how are you going to speak fearlessly if you don't even believe witches are real? Mm. Yeah. This is a word planet. And they're manipulating words to make the planet react. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot could be said. We could go a lot of directions there. You know, you come back to all the way to the beginning. You talk about Joseph. Joseph had to walk out his calling for seven years during a time of plenty. That had to have taken a lot of authority because I'm sure there was a lot of pushback because it wasn't just him and the king. Every king's got a court around him. They had to have been saying, why do we need this guy? Things are going great. Are you kidding? We couldn't mm-hmm. be doing better. It, 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 it's hard for a people to, to handle prosperity. For seven well, years, they had so much. He had to discipline them to eat less and, and, uh, and uh, store. And so that, that would have, what's that? Yeah. Who would have, who has ever thought about the fight Joseph had? Seven years, he had to walk that out without mm-hmm. blinking and hold on to the fact he knew God put him there to do it in a time of plenty. Now, if things are going bad, they might be, okay, this guy's got answers, we'll mm-hmm. follow him. But he walked out his authority during a season of plenty. Well, here's That a, had to be a ton of authority. See, I've never thought of that exactly. I have never thought of what you just said, but well, let's add this to it. What about every day Joseph got up saying, I hope that famine comes. <laughs> right. <laughs> what if it don't come? What if, it, and don't you know every day that was more prosperous than the last, the earth bringing forth by handfuls. Mm-hmm. And he probably thought seven years, we got three months left, uh, 30 days, two weeks. Is this going to sure. happen? Yep. Well, the church has to do the same thing. Why do you want to cave just because it don't? It yeah. looks like things are not going to be that way. And then all of a sudden it did happen. So Joseph had to get up and walk by faith every day of his life that it was really he had heard God. Because if it didn't happen at the end of that seven years, they'd have killed him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. Authority is confidence and it never blinks and never lets up. I have, a, I have a Doberman. He's over 100 pounds. He's intimidating looking. He has the pointy ears and... And this, yep. he's also, you know, uh, if, if people saw him behind the scenes, he's a big snuggle bug. He just he constantly needs to be affirmed and told he's he's handsome and he needs to be petted. <laughs> yeah, he's like a velcro. He's like he's like this with me every minute. He's always always by my side. But people come to the door and he just swells up. You know, his chest is big and they're like, you know, yeah. does your dog bite? I'm like, not me, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I want that reputation out there. You know, it's, yeah, it's good. I can't good. guarantee you. Yeah, right, exactly. It, it's good. It's good marketing, uh, yeah. but. But uh, they, yeah, there's a picture of him with Colton. I, uh, I <laughs> he's a big snuggle bug, but man, somebody comes to the door, man, he just swells up, you know. Yeah, Dobermans are they 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 want. There's no leadership vacuum. If there's a leadership vacuum, they just fill it. So they'll just take over yeah. the whole house. But right. but I set up authority over him from the time he was a puppy. So if he's outside before he comes in, he sits, and I tell him, okay, it's okay to come in. You know, he doesn't just run in the house when you open the door and barge through it. Now he would yeah. if you'd let him. I have a, I have a, I have a ultimate authority over this dog. So people see him and they're fearful. But in my world, I'm like, what are you thinking? You pay the mortgage here? You sit there, you know? <laughs> and, and then right. I, I tell you if you can come in. 
I tell you, you do right. this. I, when, I, when, I, when I make his food, he sits. I put the food down. And I'll look at him. And he'll literally have like drool coming down. And I'm like, eat. And then he jumps up. And he'll go eat his food. But he doesn't eat it until I say. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have authority That's over awesome, this dog man. because you can't allow him to fill that leadership vacuum. My authority over him, number one, it's yeah. every day. And number yeah. two, it's absolute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that that this is a season for us to have that kind of authority over things that look scary, that look ferocious, yeah. that look big, that people are intimidated by, but to not blink and to not back down, and not to mm-hmm. allow a leadership vacuum to 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 form Amen. that we're not filling in in us with 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 the spirit of God Such with those great. words Amen. every single day. I control that dog with words. I don't have to smack him. Mm-hmm. I never do anything to him. Never hit him. No. No, but I have so much authority, he doesn't even think about doing anything to get out of line. And so I think well, this is a season for that kind of authority over everything coming against us. But it'll be a Gideon's army, David. It it will be. Remember the first group that left out of the 32,000. Remember the first group that left said, uh, whoever's fearful and afraid, just go home. Mm-hmm. They left. The next one wasn't disciplined enough to drink right. And he said, y'all go home too. It left 300. Mm. And those were the 300 that would believe that it was going to be won by a prophetic battle. They didn't even carry a sword in. They just stood there with horns and, and, and pails with, with a fire in them. That's it. That's it. But they believed it. We don't. Where's the church now? You don't mm-hmm. believe in speaking in tongues. They don't believe in prophets. They don't believe in the supernatural. If it shows up, they laugh at it. How are they going to compete with a witch on <laughs> That's your big boy. Got my horn. There you go. But well, you, you how made, are they going to compete with that? You, you made a comment the other day, you know, because you hear this a lot. I've heard a lot of pastors say it that if God doesn't destroy, uh, you know, America, they'll have to, you know, yeah. San Francisco, they'll have to they'll apologize. Have to apologize. Like, I mean, you had whatever. a great point. Like, you better be careful telling God who he needs to apologize to and who he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, people look at this and they, oh, it's dark. Everybody's given up. But not everybody. We'd be careful of these absolutes because there, it, it's not right. everybody. Stacy does a show every Wednesday at eleven eleven, and there's it, that show used to be twenty minutes. Now sometimes it's two and a half hours because there's so many prophets speaking truth about what's going to happen right. in our nation. We don't need a hundred percent of everybody on on board. We just need we need a, a, a remnant that's showing up, and I feel like we have that. That's while, right. while there is more falling away, there is more weird teachers putting litter boxes in class. There's all these things you could point to to say, man, this is a bad time. But I don't, I mean, I can't speak historically and I've never tracked this, you know, but we've read all the John G. Lake and, and Wigglesworth and all the, you know, yeah. Roberts Laird yeah. and all the, I don't know there's ever been a time that there's more prophetic voices speaking clearly with authority than there is, is right, right now. And and I got to ask you, is that enough? Do we, we, do we need every American to acknowledge this or do we need enough that God says, hey, I'm going to honor that? You, you spoke no. out against abortion. You, you, you did what I called you to do. I'm going right. to honor what you did, your obedience. You know, I said this the whole time. I said, this is a battle between God and his prophets doing battle. This is between the prophets because the nation did their part. They voted for the right person. They did it. They did. They did elect him. They did. 80 million people did do what they were supposed to do. But if the prophets won't stand and they won't stand, well, they are standing. There is a remnant that's standing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's people that are starting to say what the prophets say. You know, it's it's not that just a prophet brings a prophetic word, but he also brings a word for the people to start prophesying, start talking about. 
And we have to begin to do it. And I'm encouraging the body of Christ to do it. But I got news for everybody. There's about to be horn carrying, fire carrying remnant about to walk into the enemy's camp and scare the hell out of them. And that's what's about to take place. And I mean that literally (laughs) too. And so uh, Fox News, if they don't repent, they're in trouble. They're just flat in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean by me or you. But God himself, heaven mm-hmm. took notice that they, they consulted yeah. a witch. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what Elisha said? Elisha said this, when somebody sent to inquire of a false God, Elisha said, why don't you send them over here to me? Remember when the, when the um, Naaman, it was Naaman. Remember he went to uh, the king, sent to the king of Israel and said, would you recover me my leprosy? And the king said, they just want a war with us. And Elisha said, well, send him to me so that they'll know there's a prophet in Israel. There's Mm -hmm. a God here. Well, he got healed. Okay. There was another time one of Jezebel's crowd was going to die. They sent to inquire of a false God. And when they did, Elijah met him and said, go back and tell him you're going to die. Because you didn't consult God. You consulted an idol. Mm-hmm. You went to a false God. This nation was founded on a covenant with the almighty. It was founded by with people like John Adams talking about fasting and prayer, congressional yep. fasting and prayer. Psalm 35 is what they stood on to win the revolutionary war. They all knew it. Benjamin Franklin said, if we forgot our good friend, our friend in the heavens that answered every prayer we ever had, they call prayer meetings, fasting and prayer. That's what won the Revolutionary War. Yep. Okay. Then you're going to take authority in this country, start consulting witches. God has not forgotten his covenant with this nation. And we are going to be victorious in this fight. I don't know what that spells for Fox News or anybody else, but you start consulting witches. Whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It could be corporately. It could be monetarily. It could be any way. I don't know. That's not my job. But I'm telling you, you don't consult witches against this nation. Man, and you're saying the same thing about the court system. Um, And it's all based on righteousness. Like, that's where we are. And I've heard you say Mm -hmm. before, you have to choose your side. You have to choose yes. the side you're on. Which way you're going to yeah. go? You can't be in the middle, and you can't be lukewarm. Not you have to choose your side, and you have to know where you stand. That's exactly right. Why halt you between two opinions? If God is God, then serve Him. If Baal is God, then serve Him. But let the God who is God answer by fire. Let Him answer by fire. And I don't need some witch saying, "Oops, Trump lost." Well, I'm a prophet of the Lord, and I don't say oops. I just say Trump won mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. I got this, need to begin I got this band on my wrist, and it's Trump 2020. I never mm-hmm. took it off because I feel like that's unfinished business. I've worn mm-hmm. it every day, and it never blinked. I think that, mm-hmm. that, that was a fact, but right now we're still sitting at 270 days from another election. I don't know mm-hmm. what will take place between now and then, but um, I'm sure it's going to be interesting. There'll be a lot to talk about and preach about, but... I do feel, Robin, there is a rising of 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 people more now than there was in January yeah. of twenty one. Uh, we had twenty seven yeah. million downloads on our show last year. 
the, the lion's share are coming on this this prophetic report that happens. It's only yeah. one show a week every Wednesday. People have a, almost unsatiable appetite. What is God saying mm-hmm. right yeah. now? It's it's like a, a more reverence for the prophetic than there was a year ago, than there was two years ago, than there was three years ago. It's it's increasing well, exponentially. There's Stacy. I mean, she's, she's got I mean, she, every, see, every single that, thing. We're clinging on to what God is doing. But that's what that's where everybody is. They're appealing to heaven. Why do you think prophets are speaking? Why do they even show up? Because the Lord brought his courtroom into the world. See, let me say this, and, and, and if you have to cut this out and use it another time, I mean, I don't know what how much time we're dealing with here, but, but let me say this matter. to you. Here, see, Proverbs chapter 11, I think it's in verse 1, it says that a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. A false balance. See, the balance of the world, there was a false balance created politically. And you've heard me say this before, that to, in order for there to be a global one world reset and a global agenda take place, there has to be three people dealt with, Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin, and Benjamin Netanyahu, because those are the three that stand in the way. They won't give their nations over to a one world government. Mm-hmm. And so they have to be dealt with. Okay, they move Trump out of that way, then then uh, uh, illegally. Then they did the same thing with Benjamin Netanyahu. Except I remember when I stood on stage, I can't speak for other prophets, but I know they did it. Because some of them told me they did. Called Netanyahu back. Mm-hmm. Well, he came back. But Vladimir Putin, you can't move, remove him with an election. So... There had to be a false balance. The scripture says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. The Lord is God in his government. It's an abomination. All abominations run one road to one abomination. The Antichrist, the abomination of desolation set in the holy place in the days of the tribulation. All abominations move toward that road. There had to be a false balance created to weigh the nations in. The Ukraine was the false balance. That's the false balance. Mm -hmm. Now, let me explain that real quickly to you. In the false balance, notice when the Ukraine thing happened, all the, the nations were weighed on how they treated the Ukraine. If you didn't treat Ukraine well, you were nothing. Everybody, we support Ukraine. Ukrainian flags flying mm-hmm. everywhere. Oh, you, yeah. that, mm-hmm. was, that was the new balance. And with it, they could not only get Putin's people to turn against him, but also they're controlling the world in a balance that they created. Now watch this. Isaiah 40 says that when God created the whole world and the earth, it says that he made this balance and the nations are in the bucket and the people are like drops of dust in that bucket. And he weighed the mountains in this balance. And if you read to the top of Isaiah 40, it's talking about Israel. And it says, however you treat Israel is how you're weighed. He's talking about this balance. Mm -hmm. Israel's the true balance of the nations. So when the Ukraine became the balance, 
then it's a balance. They were going to do it, guys. They were going to make a one world regime with this false balance, but they Mm -hmm. had to have the scale. Does that make sense to you? You see what I'm talking about? As soon as it happened, Zelensky turned and looked at Israel and said, why don't you, because all the other nations had done it, why don't you condemn Russia? They come against Israel. Why don't you condemn Russia? Well, Russia's in Syria, right on their border. Why don't you condemn Russia? What happened next? A war broke out in Israel. As soon as it did, Ukraine's forgotten. And every nation is being weighed on their support for Israel. Every nation. If you come against Israel now, you're mud. You're over a college and you come against Israel, you're out. Everything, because that's the true Mm -hmm. balance of the nations. So when Russia, when Hamas blew that hospital up, they said, Israel did it. Israel did it. Right. Putin contacted Israel and said, if you've got video where you didn't do that, tell me. Show it to me. Why? Because in other words, I don't want to have to retaliate against you. If you got proof they did it, show it. And as soon as Israel showed it, Russia said, we're out. Mm -hmm. We're out. They absolutely, everything's being weighed in the, by Israel. Now, Tucker Carlson goes to interview Vladimir Putin, every major network against him, Mm -hmm. against him. Well, it goes back to COVID. You have to say, follow the science, but the truth is follow the silenced. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's, who's exactly not right. allowed to say a word. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's, it's an unfair when Zelensky comes into our, our capital and they hold his flag up, but you know, historically all kinds of people have interviewed Putin, but not now you, you can't have anybody, no, you can't, especially no. somebody that that's, the unique thing about Tucker is he's independent mm-hmm. and he writes his own questions down. They they're okay with a representative going in with the questions they gave him, but not an Why? independent. See, because the whole thing was set up to get rid of one world leader so they could push in a one world regime. They had Trump. Why would, why, why was he, he had to be out. Hillary Clinton said he's got to be out by 2020. Why, why did they know? Well, they can't push this one world regime. Then the next thing, uh, Netanyahu's got to be removed. They even split his government in half. Remember? Mm-hmm. Moved him out. But he came back. Coming back. And they failed to kill Putin. And so Noah Harari said this. You can find it on a tweet he put out. Said, if Donald, they said, do you think Donald Trump will win? He said, it's likely. He said, but if he does, he will, He it'll be the death blow to the one world agenda that we've been trying to put together. Mm-hmm. He said that. Wow. It's proof of what I'm talking about. Now, you know, now we we make enemies because we've all talked about this. But we're at the collision point. I said yeah. that from, mm-hmm. from day one, there's coming a collision. And now there's a prophecy fulfilled. Somebody said we're at collision point the other day. Well, this is where we are. You have to speak. I have to speak. Everyone has to speak. And so the body of Christ is going to have to not be afraid of a witch. That's right. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. We, so did, we just we just want to partner with God's doing, man. Yep. We're not trying to build something and try and con God into coming and no. partnering with us. It's like, man, I'd get rid of this and go mow grass tomorrow. I'd never do another episode of this show again if, if God said no. I'd quit this show tomorrow and go yeah. clean toilets at your church. If God, if I even thought there was a chance, God says, you know, yeah. I, I don't need you doing that. Mm-hmm. I need you doing this. The only thing that matters in the world right now is what is God doing, and then how can we partner with that? How can yeah, I bring am I wood? doing it with Him? Yes, exactly. Can I bring wood to His fire? But it's His fire. What is He doing? Can I exactly. be a part of that? Only, 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 only. Remember, if you don't do it, Elijah said, "I'm the only one." He said, "I got six thousand just like you, Elijah. Six thousand that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. So we're privileged to get to speak." Because he's got thousands that could replace every one of us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, anyway, I love God's that. Good. Well, I, I want to highlight March 9th, two thousand twenty-four. We're going to be together with oh, Steve yeah. Schultz, Elijah Streams, mm-hmm. and the Intelligence Briefing yeah, um, in Carbondale, Illinois. Carbondale, Illinois, going to be another Intelligence Briefing live. This is very strategic. March the ninth. So people needs to come. They need to come. We're really excited about that. It's this will pack, this will pack out. So people need to reserve a spot. I don't know what they need to do there, but yep. lock this in your calendar. Need to be there. Then we're going to stream it online. I think we're going to. It's going to be broadcast awesome. on, on lots of Rumble channels and and awesome. just want to magnify what God's going to do that day because I know it's going to be powerful. Amen. Amen. It will be. Everybody, come on out. That uh, is great. So Elijah Streams, I think they're a big one promoting that. Is that the best place for them to get the tickets for that event, Robin? I don't. I didn't even know there was tickets. I don't. I don't like tickets. Okay, so <laughs> there there may not be. Maybe just uh, letting people know the information. Yeah. So, is there a spot? We'll put it. We'll yeah, put we'll a link put it to in the below. notes below. I think there's a QR yeah. code that people can follow for that. So yeah, get uh, I don't know details. anything about it. So y'all, y'all, you're probably right. Let them talk to somebody else. <laughs> I, they, you don't, you don't go it. to a prophet for those details. No, no, well, no, no. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, he, and you know, you know, you got to be there that day and God's going to do something. That's, that's kind of what it. you're focused on. And maybe when we about. get there too, I was noticing during the show, maybe we can take up a donation or something there and get you a new Bible. It looks like the one you got there is almost worn out. <laughs> Uh, it, it worked good. It, it worked good. It's been used a lot. Well, bring that thing with yeah. you for sure. It's well, going to be a great night. Before we let you go, Robin, I don't want to miss this opportunity. Can you pray for the Flyover family, the remnant? I uh, just really appreciate that. I will. And, you know, let me say this before I pray. Steve Schultz is one of the greatest voices of this day. There's not a greater voice that I know of for the voice of the prophets than Steve. Steve is a genuine person, man, mm-hmm. in front of camera or behind camera. It makes no difference. Steve mm-hmm. is Steve everywhere you go. Yep. Uh, and uh, we are very honored to get to partner with Steve and, and the Elijah streams. We're very honored to get to do mm-hmm. that. So Couldn't agree anyway. more. He's a great yeah. man. Yep. We, we oh, really do yeah. love him. Yeah. And Doreen, his wife, oh, my goodness. They're just so precious. They are absolutely, you know. Hallelujah. Yes. Well, Father, right now, I thank you for everyone that's watched this today. I thank you for those that are watching right now. Lord, I speak shalom, shalom over them. Shalom is peace, and shalom, shalom is perfect peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I pray over them, Lord God, that their children that have gone astray will come back. Lord, I pray that they'll wake up now, different ones watching will wake up to their call. 
to the call that you've given them, Lord God, the call on their lives that will change a world, Lord, that they are key. Show them their specialty, Lord, that they are special to you and to the whole body. I give you praise and honor and glory. I ask you, Lord, to wake up all of those, Lord, that are living in a gay lifestyle, a homosexual lifestyle, Lord, to let them know the evangelistic call on their life. And Lord, give them their identity and show them how the enemy is blocking that from them. I ask you, Lord, to deliver people from bondage, from certain bondage that they could never get out of any other way. And I praise your name for it. I plead the blood of Jesus over all of those who have made their mind up with the courage to run to God. I plead the blood of Jesus over them to protect them in their journey to come back to the place where you called them to be. And I thank you for it. And I ask you to bless this program, Lord. These hosts, Lord God, David and Stacy, who have, and all their team, their family, that have, have risked their reputations, put themselves out in vulnerable positions to proclaim the word and to dare bring God in as the creator of this nation. And Lord, I ask you to protect them in every way and prosper them beyond their wildest imagination. And I give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We receive it. Thank you so much, Robin. Again, God to watch the all. intelligence briefing, uh, you could, I believe you can be able to watch it um, on Robert with Robin on his YouTube, as well as our YouTube, I mean, as Rumble. well as our Rumble, and then as well as Elijah's streams. So you can watch it online yeah. as well. That's so, all. Isn't that going to be awesome? Yeah. It's going to be a great event. We're really we need to hear what, God, to what God's saying, what God's doing, and uh, yeah. that's going to be an important date. It's not an accident. No, so. not at all. Amen. Thank you again for your time, Robin. We really appreciate it. God bless you all. Thank you for having me. Shalom. Shalom. Hello, Flyover family. Join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. Every week, it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking. And what's interesting is God is speaking through them. And all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. When it comes to you know a lot of areas in life, you know we're headed into you know a Super Bowl. Everybody's kind of an armchair quarterback. Everybody kind of has an yep. opinion. But there's one reason they would put like you know uh, they they interview a Joe Montana or they interview you know Kurt Warner's got a spot because mm-hmm. 
Those guys were MVPs of the league. They know all about it. They have a, a, an expertise that's not just armchair, you know, quarterback. Right. They have some skin in the game. They're professionals at it. Um, a lot of things like that. Everybody can kind of talk about the economy. Everybody can talk about mm-hmm. sports. Everybody can kind of talk about nutrition. I got, I got, a, I got a friend who used to recommend lose weight, eat sugar free gum. <laughs> And he was never thin. It's like, okay, uh, I'll take your advice and do it, but you're not really where I want to be, but I appreciate the tip. Um, You know, you need advice from people that have it. Um, You know, people are authors, PhDs in a subject. Mm -hmm. We got a guy when it comes to the economy has not one, but two PhDs. Went to one of the same universities as Madeleine Albright, some of the top minds, you know, in the world, even though they're deep state people, they kind of, they end up running a lot of your lives. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, they must have... No, uh, good, good degrees and what's going on behind them. It's also the author of Thriving in the Economic Tsunami. So he's an author, PhD, and and I tell you what, a guy that we've considered a great friend for over 25 years, never steered us wrong, Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Yay! Welcome! Welcome. So that made, me, that made me laugh because it's like, yeah, some of my professors did teach Madeline Albright and Condoleezza Rice, right? Same... Yeah. Same professors, and um, now you didn't. You weren't. You weren't a classmate of Madeline Albright, right? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> you, that was a different. Andre, like Kirk's our age. <laughs> no, um, I'm just saying. I'm not I, I saying. I'm just saying. I wasn't in the same class, but it's good. But here's where it's like: How did they go down straight down the path, and I didn't? It's because I slept through that class. <laughs> 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 I wasn't listening because I'm not going to listen to their communist mumbo jumbo every day. So, they so, do pitch the communist mumbo jumbo. But, they also but, didn't get a PhD in theology either. So, you know, you got both sides of the, of the, Hey, of there's your, there's your, did you guys go to prom? Or is that, was that? <laughs> so bad. Is that the brooch you brought her for prom when you picked her up? I don't know. Yeah, she's, in your carriage? she's too young for me, David. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I got to ask you something. So have you ever had a really bad day where everything oh, yeah. goes wrong and you put your hands up in the air and say, like, I, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to do anymore, right? Yep. That's how I feel the, 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 the monetary policy people of our country are right now. The Bureau for Labor Statistics, everybody who's making policy, it's like they've thrown up their hands. It's like, I don't know what to do. So what do they do when they get to that position? They lie. Right. I mean, so so job numbers, for example. So the BLS comes out with these ridiculous job numbers, um, how the economy is growing. And and as we've talked about numerous times, you always nobody ever covers the revision story, right? Like if you were to make a mistake on a show and you said something that was inaccurate, everyone will just pound on you for saying something that's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So the next show you'll apologize and say, hey, I got that one wrong. I said the wrong thing. I apologize. Here's the actual story. Nobody covers that you actually apologize. They only cover the first part to discredit you, right? So same thing is true when government comes out with numbers. So for years, they've been actually coming out with these amazing job numbers And then what happens after the fact, they revise them two, three, four times, right? Downwards, because nobody ever covers the revision, but at least that way they can't get say, well, you lied about Mm -hmm. it. It's like, well, they did kind of lie about it on purpose and they revise them later because they know that nobody's going to look. So for example, the most ridiculous case of this occurred in 2022 
when the Philadelphia Fed revealed yeah. that the BLS numbers had overstated job growth in the first half of the year by 1 million jobs, right? So wow. a million. So so here again, in, in January, <laughs> yeah, in, in January, the Biden administration claimed that they added 353,000 jobs in, in January alone, but they expected only 185,000. Okay, so how could it be that much? When nobody's working, when the economy stinks, manufacturing jobs have lost jobs 18 out of the last 20 months. That's obviously a fake number, mm-hmm. right? And if it were real, then Biden administration's approval ratings wouldn't be in the toilet. They wouldn't be, right? right? Because nobody actually is working. So here's what's going to happen. They're going to revise it down and down and down and down a few times after the fact. They also say the GDP is supposedly growing at 4.2%. No, those revised numbers came down. It's actually in the two point something percent, right? So a bunch of lies mm-hmm. constantly because they know that people don't cover the revision story. So what doesn't lie? Ultimately, um, your wallet doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of money that banks have on hand doesn't lie. There's more withdrawals coming out than there are deposits going in because the economy truly isn't strong. Well, here's where we're about to get bank failures 2.0. I'm, I hate to be this prophet of gloom and doom. I'm just looking at the math, looking what's happening. So a couple of things. Basel III, that, that, you know, basically that international accord um, said that the reserve requirement was, was taken down to zero during COVID. They're sliding that scale up to 20% reserve requirement for banks. Under the assumption is, hey, if banks have a bunch of money on hand and there's a run on the banks, they're going to have enough capital so they won't have to go out of business. Right. Great in theory, horrible in practice, mm-hmm. because if you're a billion dollar bank and you have zero in reserves and now you're forced to have 200 million, because if you're a billion dollar bank, 20 percent reserves, that's 200 million. Where are you going to get it? Right. If you're zero, where's right. it going to come from? Well, they can't get it. So therefore, they're out of compliance. They'll either have to go out of business or they just wait for a bigger bank to come and buy them up, which is what's happening. It's consolidation. That's the move. Yeah. So so this is a big deal for banks. It's going to really hurt U.S. consumers because loans aren't going to be able to go out. Right. If they have to build up their reserve requirements, they're not going to hand out any loans, which is going to hamper economic growth. But here's here's where it starts to get really squirrely. Just a few days ago, um, it was on the 24th, I believe, of January, um, there was a new, so how do I I do it quickly? Um, So after the the last banking crisis that we had, the Silicon Valley one, when all those five banks went under, um, there started to be emergency funding to the banking system, kind of like TARP. Remember the the, the TARP thing when, when everything was happening in 2009? Well, bank term funding program was emergency funding to banks so they wouldn't go out of business, right? It's called the BTFP. Well, banks were relying on those emergency funds to come in if they got undercapitalized so they wouldn't go out of business. This whole program, as of last week, they determined we're going to sunset this thing on March 11th. Mm. So after March 11th, there is no more emergency funding going to banks. Which, what's that going to mean then for banks? 
they're going to have to go directly to the Fed, get interday loans, get short-term loans. Yeah. You know what the Fed said? Well, we're going to allow them to do it the old school way and get a loan from us, but we're going to raise the interest rates on it because interest rates are higher. It's like, oof. So the banking system is about to get squirrely. So what's happened is if you look at regional bank stocks, cratering. I mean, after this announcement last week, absolutely cratering. PacWest, falling off a cliff. Zions Bank, falling off a cliff. Um, Comerica Bank, falling off a cliff. So all these regional banks, their share prices are coming down because the writing is now on the wall. But you know what else made that list? It's not a regional bank. Stinking Schwab. Schwab. Schwab what? The largest IRA custodians on the planet. I mean, huge investment house, right? I mean, how does it tie to them? Schwab shares are falling off the face of the planet, right? Which tells us what? The people who invest in Schwab's, the ones that know, it's not retail investors that drive the stock market. It's big money. It's it's hedge funds. It's it's all these big huge players that that drive you know high frequency trading and and big huge money transfers. It's not the retail public. The retail public has no money right now, right? right. So so when the that, when that's the why the, they can be saying, hey, the stock market's doing great, and people are like, my life's not going great. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's because 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 of COVID and a million other things, the middle class has been bled down to nothing. And it's this, these large hedge funds have money. And that's why Biden could be like the stock market. Look how it's good. That doesn't make two cents of difference to most people that don't have $400 to cover car repair. It, it doesn't. So when you see these kind of big signals, shares falling off the cliff because of an announcement, you know, Basel three and the end of this, this term funding program, you know, it's like, boy, what do they see or what do they know that we don't know? This is why I think bank failures are coming. People should be very concerned about that, right? Because if okay. you have money in the bank, mm-hmm. which should be the safest asset that you have. Oh, by the way, that's no longer an asset of yours. After 2009, they, they changed right. the rules administratively um, and put in unified ledger stuff. And you are now a beneficial owner of your deposits, which means you're no longer the owner. You gave up owner to your checking and savings accounts to the bank so they can use it as collateral for bail-ins moving forward, right? So most people don't realize that because nobody reads a little fine print on the prospectus you get right. on the checking and savings account, but you no longer own your financial investments right. at, at financial investment houses, whether it's brokerage accounts or banks. They own it, and you are a beneficiary owner of the assets that you thought that you owned which means absolutely nothing. If you if there's a crisis and they need to use your funds as collateral to bail themselves out of derivatives debt, it's no longer yours. They'll pay you if they want to because you are a beneficial owner. That word sounds nice and fluffy, mm-hmm. but it's not nice and fluffy. It's awful. You gave up ownership. So this is the danger to me of banks failing upcoming here, which I do think is going to happen because they're going to lose their funding. They're losing their emergency funding. The fact that Jerome Powell didn't lower interest rates and people can't afford to make their payments already. So there's going to be delinquencies. A series of delinquencies ends up in default. Banks are already undercapitalized. This has warning signs all over it. So what I would do is reallocate out of your cash positions. You have to have some. I'm not saying get out of all of your cash, right? Because we still live in a cash world. You still have expenses. 
mm-hmm. but I would I would reposition into silver right now, physical silver, to get it out of the path of that hurricane because I think the banks are not on solid footing right now, and we don't know which is the next mm-hmm. one that's going to fail. But if the share price fo- collapsing, well, it's possibly PacWest, Zions Bank, Comerica Bank, um, Schwab. I mean, those are the ones that made the list where their stock yep. prices are just tanking. Mm-hmm. So I, I would start to make some moves in a positive direction. It's huge. It's- the Flyover family, you can go to flyovergold.com. It's a landing page. When you get there, fill out your information. Someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to help answer questions. It's a free consultation for you. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. But getting your money out of the bank into yes. something that's tangible, it's critical. I mean, this is this is a very important time to do that. Or you can call 720-605-3900. Now, just because you make that call doesn't mean you're, you're not calling to buy silver. You're calling to set up an appointment to find out how this works, to find out what's best for you. Unless you're already a client, then you're in the, in the repeat, Mm -hmm. like what we do. But, uh, the the call is simply just to get you in the game to find out what is best for you Mm -hmm. and what your situation is. You know, are you 65 or 25? You know, what, what's your, Mm -hmm. your, your position? It's just to get informed so you can make a smart choice. That's it. So get in the queue to set up that appointment. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen in one minute. This isn't Uber Eats or something. you got to like kind of go through a process and find out what is best for you. These guys treat you with a ton of respect and give you options mm-hmm. and then let you have time. You go pray about it and find out what's best for you, but you got to set up the call. That's exactly right. Again, Flyover family, go to flyovergold.com or call 720 605 3900. You will be glad you did yes. big time. Thanks again for your time, Dr. Kirk. We appreciate it. My pleasure. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, it used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was 75 years before, 50 years you yeah. know, before. And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office. $700 more a month. Than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending. But we can take care of ourselves. You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets and now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to 75, if it goes to 100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.